means to light or catch fire. To set fire to something or catch fire. To arouse emotion. Mm. To cause a strong emotion to arise or to show itself in someone. What? That strong emotion. Um, another uh, definition is, is to kindle, light, or stir. The synonyms for ignite is kindle, burn, explode, catch fire, catch light, flare up, go off. I thought that's good, go off. You know, people say, I'm about to go off on you. We want something to go off on. Go, go off, go out. Isn't that something? Now, in, in this time of Ignite, we believe that there will be a lighting. There will be a catching the fire, a catching fire. I think that's what your shirts say, right? Catch fire. Is that what it says? Catch a fire. Yeah. Um, um, we're, we're expecting to set fire to something, or for something to set fire to, to us, or um, for us to um, catch uh, something's already burning, but when it um, light upon us, then we will ignite and we will catch fire, right? Now, in Matthew 3 and 11, I thought this scripture was so good. Uh, it talks about where John was talking about Jesus and it's Matthew, Matthew 3 and 11. We're going to read it out of the King James Version and also in the Message Bible. Now, this is what John says in regards to Jesus. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, the Message Bible just breaks it down so good. This is what it says. I'm baptizing you here in this river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. See, that's the, that, that, that's the thing that we have to understand. It's about a changing of life. It's about changing of nature. It's about a changing of a way of doing things. Doing things. Now, look at what he says. The real action comes next. Isn't that something? He said, look, y'all, I'm baptizing y'all in this river, and this is good. It's turning your old life in for a kingdom life. He said, but the real action comes next. The main character in this drama, and don't even get upset with this drama. He, mean, he means in this story of your life. The main character in this drama, compared to him, I'm a mere stagehand. Look, he said, this is what's going to happen when this main character show up. He will ignite the kingdom life within you. A fire within you, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. See, this baptism is, you know, it's good. It, it's, it's, it's showing that you've made a decision and you, wanna, you, want, you want your life to change. You know, you're turning in that old way of life into our kingdom life. But don't stop at that baptism. There is some real action that needs to go on in your life. Amen. Look, I'm standing up and I'm thinking, I, I, I'm like, Father, I'm so glad. You know, my mom, growing up in the house with her, she was the one that introduced us to God. Thank God. But then my sister introduced us to salvation, to, to a way of living that my mom at that time didn't even know existed. She, she introduced us to some more action. By her introducing me to that action, I walked into a life that was like, 
Oh, God, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad, Father, for what my mom showed me that I was able to know God. But then when my sister introduced me to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, it changed my life. It changed my life. Not only did I just want want God to know how much I loved him, when I met with Jesus and the Holy Ghost, I fell in love with I fell in love with God. I fell in love with Jesus and I wanted my life to change. Amen. Now, again, I, I it wasn't like my life was one where I was uh, you know, on drugs, had these bad habits and all of this stuff. But one thing I knew, I knew my life wasn't what life was supposed to be. I, I knew that there was more to life and I wanted it all. I didn't want to just stop at that. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Adam and I got married and I had a husband, you know, about to have a family. But I knew that I wanted more than what I was seeing. And I knew with the knowledge that I had and the knowledge that he had, it was not enough. I needed something that would really change our lives, set us on a better course. And that's exactly what it did. That's exactly what it did. It changed our lives and it set us on a better course. It put us in a position to live a life that we could not have done on our own. The kind of life that I wanted, I knew I couldn't do it naturally. Something supernatural had to take control of my life to make it better. Amen. And so that's that. That's what John was saying. He said, man, the one that's coming after after me, you want to be introduced to him. You want to know him. You want to get, be a part of the action that he's going to introduce you to. See, a man's life can only be as good as the light from which he draws the right knowledge of that light. Your life can only be as good as the light from which you draw the right knowledge of that light. For your life, life has everything to do with light. But if I don't draw and continue to draw from the right knowledge, then I won't have the good life that I'm supposed to have. Now, true knowledge can only have true light when it's recognized, when it recognizes and honors him by whom it has been ignited. True knowledge. We can get knowledge from everywhere, but true knowledge can only have true light. When it recognizes and honors him by whom it has been ignited. And Jesus is the igniter of true life. Amen. Now, we're not going to advance the kingdom of God by um, criticism of it. We're not going to advance the kingdom of God by criticism of the world, nor by our conformity to it, but by the combustion See, that's, 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 that's what we're trying to do tonight. To ignite, there has to be an explosion. There has to be a combustion, a combustion, combustion um, within it of lives acknowledged or ignited by the Spirit of God. Let me say that again. We, can't, we are not going to advance the kingdom of God by criticizing the world, nor by our conformity, conforming to it. But there has to be that combustion within of lives ignited by the spirit of God. That's why, you know, the scripture says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And he, he had, he had every purpose to cause an explosion to happen within every believer that will change the world. 
I can give you proof of that. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The book of Acts in, in many Bibles has a title of Acts of the Apostles, but actually it was the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. There was a great combustion that happened on the day of Pentecost that just exploded. I mean, they, they began to be criticized because they said these men are changing the world. And they meant that they were only in Jerusalem then. So they said changing the world, but they meant they're changing the world like we know it. As we know it, they're changing the world. And they're changing the world because of the the ignition that happened on the inside of them on the day of Pentecost. They were people ignited by the spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. The Holy spirit ignited a fire in them um, um, because of the impression or mark. I'm telling you when the Holy spirit told me this, I was like, this is great. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy spirit ignited a fire in them because of the impression or mark that Jesus left on their lives from before. Now, I was standing over there, and I remember when um, we used to go to what we call the country to visit my grandparents, and my grandfather had a fireplace. And when he and my mom would talk about going to get, you know, wood for the fire, you know, I'm thinking, look for big logs that's going to burn long and everything's going to be all right. But he always said, get, look for some uh, branches that will be like kindling. And it's like, well, okay, well, now what is that? A tree is a tree, right? No, no. They're the big logs like you buy, you know, from uh, different places on the side of the road, especially in Baton Rouge. They have a lot during the winter that people just cutting trees. But those logs won't burn without the kindling. Do you know what the kindling is? It is those, like, fine pieces of branches that have been dried. They have to be dry. But they've been dried by the weather, circumstances, and conditions. Temperature. Sherman, I was standing over. He said, oh, y'all, just bring the kindling. I want the dry places. I want those areas that the weather, circumstances, and conditions have messed up. Bring, bring it to me. I can ignite that on the inside of you. Every dry place that's on the inside of us. He said, don't hide it tonight. Bring it to me. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to ignite to set the rest of life on fire. When he told them, he said, don't leave this place until you are endued or you are empowered or you are um, filled with the Holy Spirit. But they sit in that place giving praise and worship unto God, waiting for a moment that they only knew could happen because Jesus said it. But the Holy Spirit came in and was able to ignite a, a mark or an impression that Jesus, Jesus had left on their lives. And the Holy Spirit grabbed hold to that and set it all on fire. Whenever we're in a moment like this, the Spirit of God is always tugging at that place. That place that sometimes that means less to us or mean more to us. That place where Jesus made an impression on you. He's, he's tugging at that place because he knows if you open up that place, he can, he can ignite a fire on the inside of you that will set a fire. It will set a course that will set everything else, everything else in your life on fire. Amen. Everything else. Amen.
The father is counting on the marks left on your life. He's counting on those marks that are left on our lives to always be able to kindle a fire or a flame in us. He's counting on those. He's counting on those marks. It, it, it doesn't matter. Sometimes the worst thing, the worst thing, the most, just the worst thing that have ever happened in your life. Sometimes that's the thing that he can start the fire from. Just the worst thing. That's where he can start the fire from. Because if you can trust him with the worst, then he knows that you're okay with, with, with giving him your best. Most times we try to hide the worst. He tells us, don't hide it, bring it to me. I can set that on fire and cause everything else to be ablaze. Now, Luke and Mark, both, uh-huh, one minute, Luke and Mark wrote the same thing that Jesus said. Let me tell it to you, and then I'll move to it. Luke 20 and 37, and then Mark 12 and 26. And then we're going to look at Acts 7, 30 and 35. Y'all got that? Luke 20, 37, Mark 12, 26, Acts 7, 30, verse 30, and then verse 35. Now, what did I say? Luke what? 12? Luke 12 and what? Luke 20? <laughs> 20 and what? See, I have it on my notes, but I, have need, I need to move to the Bible. I didn't, I didn't copy that one. 20 and what? Okay. Is it 27 or 37? Let's see. Okay. Okay, it's 37. Amazing. Luke 12 and 37. Do you see it? He says, now this is, this is what Jesus is saying to them. He said, but even Moses revealed that the dead are raised in the passage about the bush. Where he calls the Lord, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. That's 38. For all live before him. Now, okay. I, I, you, you see that one, right? Now, what's the one in Mark? Mark 12 and 26. Now, as for the dead being raised, have you not, have you not read in the book of Moses in the pa passage about the bush? How God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. I'm reading, I'm reading out another um, translation, aren't I? Put that up in the Message Bible. Mine didn't break it up. What does it say, 26? And regarding the dead, whether or not they are raised, don't you ever read the Bible? How God at the bush said to Moses, I am, not was, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Isn't that something? The living God is the God of the living, not the dead. You, you're way, way off base. 
I found it interesting that God's talking about dead things and living things inside of the same context with Moses and the burning bush. Do you know why? Because at the moment when Moses walked up to that bush that he said that he saw that it was on fire, but not being consumed, a burning bush in the desert at that time was not an issue because, you know, they would always, you know, catch a blaze because of the dryness and because of the heat. But this thing had a blaze, but it was not being consumed. And then the thing about it was the bush was talking. There was an image inside of the bush that was calling to Moses. And he was like, what is going on? At Moses' most, almost wondering if he was going or coming, what kind of decision would he make? Was his purpose real or not? Um, you know, just right where was he? 40 years he's been, you know, um, over there. Uh, he's out of his homeland. He thought he had a right idea that God wanted him to deliver the people. He did an act that just messed everything up. And then he went into the desert. And now here I'm 40, here I'm 40 years over here. And oh, now what has happened to my purpose? What has happened to the dream? What has happened to my destiny? And what does God do? Right when he thinks everything is dead in his life, he sets a bush on fire. To do what? To ignite the fire again in Moses. You can consider Fifth Saturday as your burning bush. Because if you think that God has changed his mind, about his plan, his purpose, his destiny, your destination, you can forget it. He said, I am going to ignite the fire again. Even in your most desert and dry places, I'm going to set a moment and a time inside of this year that will let you know I have not changed my mind. And I'm going to let it burn so that you're going to feel the heat and you're going to wonder what is going on. So you're not going to be consumed. And the part that will be consumed, you didn't need. You did not need. You didn't need it. Let me read this to you. All right. This is the thing about God. He knows that all of us have issues with something. Uh, That does not surprise God. He knows that we have issues with something. There's something that we're still working on. We're still asking him to work with us on. um, And he's not afraid of that. Just like he wasn't afraid of that with Moses. He knew Moses still had a temper. He knew Moses still had some things that had to be worked with. But he told him, I still want, you're still the deliverer. You're still the one that's going to go and, ch- and tell my people, I'm ready, let's go, time to get out. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go, right? Now, God, God's not afraid of sin. He, doesn't have a, he, he really doesn't have a problem with sin because sin has been taken care of in the life of the believer. It's just that the believer has to know that. Yes? Now, the whole thing with um, um, fornication, adultery, smoking, Dope addictions and all of that other stuff. God's not afraid of those things. 
And the enemy would like for us to think that, oh, if I commit fornication, if I commit adultery, if I smoke drugs, God doesn't love me. He won't love me. That's not even a question. His love is everlasting. He has not changed his mind about his love for us. It's not a question of love. The reason why uh, in the beginning there was the thou shall nots. And the reason why uh, Paul wrote about fornication and adultery. It wasn't about God's love. Was he, if he was going to love us or not. That's, that's understood. He so loved the world. The world. That he gave his son. Then in Romans he said, uh, the love that he has for us is so great that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. So love was already extended to us when we didn't have it right. But what we have to understand about all of those things, the reason why he doesn't want those things in our lives is because they short circuit the destiny and the plan of God for us. The enemy caused appetites to come in our lives because he wants to change our destination. He he causes appetites to come in our lives because he wants something that he can kindle when he gets ready. Just as God has things in your life that he knows that he can kindle, the enemy starts those appetites because then he want to come back. Right when you say, I made up my mind, I'm going to do it, God. He said, "Mm -hmm. I know that place in you. And I'm going to set a fire to it. Satan never tempts us in any area where a natural appetite does not exist. We've got to speak the word over those appetites. And we have to set thermostats. Not thermometers. We have to set thermostats. We have to get rid of those appetites. The reason why Jesus... At the moment when Satan came, he said, you know, Satan came to me, but he found nothing in me. You know why? Because Jesus had already dealt with those appetites. He said, I will not let there be any place that you can kindle and raise up a fire in me. Because at the moment that I allow that kindle and that fire to happen, it now negates him from being the savior of the world. The enemy knows that if he keeps a place that he can kindle inside of us, he then causes up us to be exempt from the plan that God has for our lives. Every one of us have a fire on the inside of us that can ignite someone else's fire. And that's positive or negatively. We can ignite each other in a positive way and we can ignite each other in a negative way, but we always want to do it in a positive way. Every big win often comes as a result of the adjustments we make from little losses along the way. Make sure every loss, every time that you find yourself not winning, you say, okay, I may have missed that one, but I'm going to get a big win out of it. Because you know what? God, at the moment that I didn't win that one, God, at the moment, marked my life. He showed me grace. He showed me mercy. And I'm going to let him set a fire the next time the enemy comes and try to do something with that situation. I'm going to have a big win next time. I'm going to have a big win next time. I'm not going to have a pity party about it. But you see, the next time I have the opportunity to mess up, I'm going to let the mark of God that was placed on my life in that loss 
caused me to have a big win. I'm going to let him ignite a fire in me that I can show or even redeem myself from the last situation. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm not going to let myself be down and out about anything. There's a greater one that lives on the inside of me and he ignites me to do big things whenever I allow him to. Amen. Amen. So the whole thing about the enemy is saying I'm not good enough for this and I'm not good enough for that. Look at the last wrong thing you did. Look at the last mess up you did. Forget it. Just forget it. Because you know what? Oh, I may have messed up a little bit right there, but a big win's going to come out of it because God's going to ignite a fire that next time that thing come up and present itself. I'm winning. I'm going to win. Amen. I see a burning bush in my life and it's speaking to me and it's speaking to me the word of God and the plan of God for me. And that bush will ignite a fire on the inside of me that like Moses said, wait, hold on. I see this bush burning, but it's not being consumed. And I hear this bush telling me things that only God knows about my life. And he's setting me back on the path. I'm excited now about life. I'm excited now about what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not backing up and I'm not backing down. All of those appetites that were there that kept throwing me off and and knocking me down. Oh, no. I know what I'm going to do with those. I got to let those things die. Because they're only there to be able to kindle a fire toward the enemy that's throwing me off the path of God. Not going to have it. Not going to live like that. Amen. I will fulfill the plan of God for my life. I will live out the will of God for my life. I will see the dream, the dream that I dreamed about myself. I will see it come to pass. Oh, I'm going to see myself doing that thing. I'm going to see myself doing that thing. I'm going to see my family living the way that I know that we should live. I'm going to see that. I'm going to see it. And so these moments of ignite, just let God do what he does. Let the Holy Spirit do what he does. Amen. When he speaks to you, let him set you ablaze. Don't try to think about it. This is not like Sunday morning. This is not like Thursday night. This is about ignite. We're standing in a dry place and it's all right. We're standing in a dry place and the bush is speaking to us and it's all right. Amen. Because the scripture says that in that bush, even though it was a bush, it was a messenger of God. An angel standing in a bush speaking to Moses. Amen. So these nights, it's our burning bush. We're being ignited. Amen. We're being set ablaze because our blaze will ignite someone else. It's always about our lives, but then the spillover is about someone else. Amen. If God wants to take me higher, then there has to be a greater light of higher to come to me. There has to be a truer knowledge that has to come to me. And so I'm ready for the greater light. I'm ready for the truer knowledge because I am recognizing Honoring and acknowledging the light of light, the light of lights. 
and his name is Jesus. Amen. I'm acknowledging and recognizing the one who works along with him, which is the Holy Spirit. I believe that's why Pastor Adam is teaching us about the Holy Spirit, because it will take our knowledge of the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be able to accomplish the plan of God for us. Stand to your feet. Amen. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Every dry place. Hallelujah. That you may believe that the enemy has been messing with you with. Don't try to cover it up. Don't try to cover it up. Just tell God, ignite me from this place. Ignite me now, Father, from this place. Hallelujah. Because we give our lives to him. Amen. We give our lives to him that we want the greater light. You know, Jesus even said, he said, who sets a a light, who lights a candle and then put it under something? Why would you, why would you light the candle if you're going to put it under a bushel? Why would you light the candle if you're going to hide it under something? He says, why do you think I've lit you? Why do you think I'm lighting you up? It's not to hide you. It's not to hide you, but it's to bring you forth and to expose you. Oh, my goodness, even to greater light. (laughs) Expose you even to greater light, that you would become a greater light, even in a dark world. So we're not in no, we're not in no uh, whatever condemnation uh, of the world. Man, And we're not about criticizing them, nor we're about condemning. Jesus wasn't either. Amen. But we're not in conformity either. But there has to be that combustion that happens on the inside of us that will cause a blaze that will come in the earth and set everything afire. Amen. Lift your hands and begin to worship him. Worship.